I'm Shane. 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 And I'm your recapper, Shane. Welcome to Harken Back. After a tense carriage ride through northern Kaldor, during which Flynn practiced drawing with Thessaly and Olma and Kellick deliberated on what to do about Flynn's demonic issues, the agents of repair landed in Sunplume, the place of Olma's origin. Stopping at a local inn, the party noticed things were not quite all right with the innkeeper. Her eyes start to dart even more between Flynn, Kellick, and Olma. That's where the, the source of nervousness seems to come in. This is in Addersfeld, right? <laughs> or not in Addersfeld, but in um, Ondale. No, this no, is, is Kaldor. We're in Kaldor. More eyes were upon them than they knew, as from the shadows emerged a Janassi monk, one who knew Olma from her time at Oakengate Monastery. Olma, what do you remember about your time at the monastery? Well, I remember training. I remember trying to harness ski. People told me I was pretty good. I heard that. But once I wasn't with the other kids, I had to push harder for my key because everyone was so much older than me and they were so much more experienced. And then that last day, it was just supposed to be a sparring match. And, well, seeing what happens sometimes. I didn't have any control and, and then my partner died and brother damon said i that what was inside me wasn't what they had there and and that i had to go it shouldn't have happened Oma. yes it should have i wasn't meant to be there i hurt somebody he killed somebody you should have never been left out the way that you were and there were those of us at the monastery who disagreed with the decision brim revealed to them that he was part of an elite group called the order of the ever seeing with Lowers' blessing and a magical compass doohickey they were responsible for tracking dangerous magics across elbor and seeing to their containment or destruction. Brim, unbeknownst to him, had been tracking Olma's magical signature since her necklace stopped blocking detection back in the basin. But he and his order still didn't truly understand the nature of her power. To figure that out, Seeker finally cast Identify on Olma. Take your hand in both hands and cast Identify. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Throughout the spell, as you do, this feeling that you've had towards Olma of something being off and something being weird amplifies tenfold. Oh. oh. And you're closing your eyes and these whispers that normally come into your ears of like identification of something whispering its secrets mm -hmm. to you, they're all whispering that something is wrong. Something is off. And, and they stop whispering and they start screaming that Ooh. something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And as you open your eyes, and you look at Olma, you can see past Olma. You can see through her and into her and all of her veins are not flowing red with blood, but are flowing with purple plasma, what? all coming to her heart, which looks what? like a, a purple glass heart <laughs> as the magic of Lauris is completely running through her. What? I, oh, so like so when, my, when my eyes jump open, I, I jump back. Naturally. This discovery led to more questions, so the party reconfigured Brim's compass to ignore Olma's signature and followed the remaining trail into the raging woods. Not very far in, they found a disturbing scene. Scattered corpses of red wolf wizards, a series of mysterious glass statues, and a very much still active shield guardian. 
that had the ability to raise the dead. Yeah. It reaches up its hand towards you, and two plates of wood come out from its uh, forearms, opening up to what almost looks like this cannon. Uh. And as it aims it towards you, this red energy coalesces. What? As it shoots towards you and past you. Uh. You think for a second, it, what? it's missed, and then you realize it hit the body behind you, as you can hear. As the red cloaked body behind you sits up zombified. Once they dispatched the zealous zombie Zabernists, the party discovered that the glass statues were actually the victims of the red wolves, turned to glass by some powerful spell or another. Following the pointing fingers of their remains, Flynn and Seeker uncovered a shard of a memory crystal and a mysterious blank parchment. But Brim, Kellick, and Thessaly noticed something else about these statues. Something terrible. What do you mean? There's nothing here. There's just, you mean there's the glass and, 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 and there's the red wolf and, and we can keep following the compass. There's no house here. Well, let's keep following the compass. I can look on that board. I look up at the, the woman in front of us and I look back to the, the couple that was moving and to the person lying in the ground. I think this is your family. But you don't know that. We should keep looking. I'll look as long as you like, Oma. But I don't want this to be them. Because if this is them, then that's it. That's the end. And I'm, I don't want it to be the end. So let's get the compass and let's keep looking. This doesn't get to be them. All right, Oma. Maybe maybe we can find a way to reverse it later. Maybe maybe one day. I mean, Hayfree gets to keep a whole slew of statues. Why can't oh, I? It... You know how we talked to the corpse not so long ago? Mm -hmm. Certain conditions are required for that work. Enough of the body and soul. In this case, what we're looking at is more of a... like an imprint. With no means to restore what was lost, Kellick dismissed these statues to the Argent Plains. The parchment, they learned, had illusory script that only Olma could read which directed them to an old, decrepit house in Sunplume on the corner of Broad Street and Fisher's Way. While the party stumbled around the destroyed building, Alma happened upon a secret passage which led her to a rather novel magical construct, the Keeper of the House. Or Keeper for short. This is the spirit of the house. The what? spirit of the house? Yeah, he was a ball. What? And then I opened him up. Spirit is a bit of a stretch. I'm the caretaker of this house, and you all are trespassing. We absolutely are not. Olma invited us inside. Oh, then I am so sorry. He puts the broom back. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> Keeper had been in service to Olma's family for hundreds of years. So when he learned of their deaths, he requested to be shut down. Instead, Olma asked something else of him. I think that necklace might have been protecting Alexandra. And I have it too now, and I show him. But it's broken, and that I don't. Was the one. And I don't want anyone to find me. But I do have to find a way to get it fixed. And I don't know anything. Came here just kind of hoping I'd learn something. Don't go digging into this. It's not about digging. I mean, they found all of them, and then they turned them to glass. And I don't want to be glass. So if you know where the magic came from, or anything that you're not telling me, I, I do need you to tell me. And you did promise me that you would tell me and give me answers. And you kind of belong to me. Keeper gave Oma the rest of the memory crystal, providing a means for Oma to see the distilled memories of her ancestor, her great-grandmother, Alexandra. You're a teenager. Okay. You are in a small office. Okay. You see your father sitting behind a desk. Appears to be a very important person. Mm -hmm. You can see in the seat across from your father, a younger looking Artemisia. <laughs> Oh, oh no my freaking leans what into your fuck? leans into your father and says, "But the gods have not yet fallen. We have time." <gasps> your father responds, "I will not wait until the enemy is at our gate. I refuse. We have to act now." 
Artemisia. I just, you don't understand. I still have not perfected the ritual. I just, I don't know what effects it will have. Your father responds, if you cannot do it, I'm going to find someone who can. It became clear that Lord Barnabas Afton, Oma's great-great-grandfather, used his daughter in a ritual that stole power from Laurus, the same ritual that Artemisia would later use to steal power from Famir, in an effort to, you guessed it, free the outcast from his chains in the abyss. But despite the ritual's relative success, Alexandra rejected this calling, and so the mantle fell to her little sister, Cecilia. You see the dwarf almost pleading to your father, this is not working, we have another shot. We can, we can do this again, as he points to your sister. Mm-hmm. Your father sits back in his chair, contemplating. You're right. His eyes dart up to the dwarf. Kill her. As the dwarf turns around, seeing you peeking in the door, begins to charge at you. Mm-hmm. You reach behind your back, pull out a knife, and stumbling backwards uh-huh. as this dwarf is coming towards you, uh, reach out <gasps> and slash at his throat. Uh-huh. 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 Creating a massive gash, he falls to the side. Ain't gonna mm. tuck right no more, are you, Corvin? <laughs> and so it was that Cecilia Afton, through the diablerie of Corvin Amberstone and Frida Artemisia, became the fallen storm, the destroyer of Primordia, city of the gods. Don't know how far back it goes, but we were at one of your family's graves shortly after we met. What do you mean? I don't know how to break this to you, so I think it's we're going to go the old route of tearing off the bandage. And I unfold to the page with the red wolf in the storm. You recognize that crown? Oh no. And that would make Lord Afton the red wolf. And Olma, in some ways, his direct successor. As if that weren't enough, amidst the books in Alexandra's secret chamber, they found a journal penned by the red wolf himself. The moving island they encountered just outside of Oakenspire, aboard the Howitt Dugan, the one that caused them all to switch bodies, was home to a prison of a certain somebody. You see that the writing becomes even more erratic throughout this journal. I have found the island, turns into, I am on the island, turns into, I am now venturing into a cave. After a mention of a cave, the next page you flip to is a furious scribble drawing of a massive humanoid creature, head hanging low, arms up, these massive chains pinning him to a huge boulder. Oh. Okay. Uh... Is there anything written under it? And scribbled at the bottom in big letters etched in, almost tearing the paper through. I have found the outcast. I am forever changed. With a nudge from Brother Brim, the agents prepared to set out to Oakengate Monastery, towards something called the Bright Wall, a magical stone tablet that connects the Order of the Everseeing to Laurus. Before leaving the chamber, Flynn took an extra beat to see if Afton had any journal entries regarding demons and how one might control them. I'm loath to help you find a way to control it, then. Control isn't the right word. It's it's more like, you know, so it doesn't explode. Right. I know it's not good, and I it's tempting, but I know I can't use it. Unless I have to, I guess. There's a lot to be said on the matter, Finn. I know. But don't. Please. Don't use it. Thessaly and Seeker acquired food for their not-so-special elk, Stacy and the group set out again toward the forest. But their presence in town had been reported by the nervous innkeeper, and they were waylaid by an old friend. I have been looking for you all for a very long time. And you want to know something? I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. As you hear, you see (laughs) robes 
and an elven woman with yeah. a tri-ring tattoo no. on her forehead. Oh. The fight was protracted and perilous. Seeker fell, and Kellogg was not so far behind him. But between the negation of their enemy's magic and the deliverance of blow after blow of damage, the party was able to defeat two of their most fearsome foes. Pastel was beheaded and burnt to ash. But Artemisia was left to Kellogg's mercy. So, Kellogg, I will give you the decision if Artemisia lives or dies. Oh! So cool. Up to you. Oh boy. I I look down at the symbol in my hand, the golden rings of light of generosity and kindness and empathy. And I I I glare at Artemisia and I squeeze my hand to the point where blood is coming out from around the scar around the rings. Nondo. I can't spare the dying. Oh. And then something unique occurred. A tectonic shift in the Venture Fourth universe. I would like to invite Seth to come on over and take a seat in the DM's chair. I'm going to close out <sighs> my things oh. and sw- swap places. Hey, buddy. Good luck. Thanks. You're going to need it. <laughs> Ooh, it suits you. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> look at oh, you. Man, this is look at you. Hey, you. <laughs> um, you guys look beautiful. <laughs> um, Ethan, thank you so much. Um, for uh, trusting me with this. Thank you all for trusting me with this. Um, And I hope to do it all justice because you guys have built something really, really amazing. Goodbye and good luck, Ethan. And a warm welcome to DM Seth. Determining that carrying Artemisia to the monastery through the raging woods was not going to work out all that well, the party contacted Hayfried and secured safe teleportation from Olma's house to the Goopy Void. Before heading through, though, Keeper took Olma upstairs to the master bedroom to show her that the house wasn't all she inherited. Seeing as the house is yours, um, I suppose this would also belong to you. And he walks over to um, the mantle in the upstairs bedroom, and you see as he grabs a small sort of stone piece on the mantle, um, and he twists it, and you see as... And a piece of the wall falls open, and you see a massive stack of money in piles of platinum, just like in a sort of small private safe. Back in Marstock, Thessaly pulled Seeker outside to send a secret coded message to Baron in Saddlemount regarding someone who bore her surname. But the real message would say is, Hello, thank you for your help. The card is amazing. <laughs> Uh, and yes, amazing. And uh, could you help finding someone? Uh, Selix Gwyn. Gwyn. Despite their recent victories, their joy was quick to depart when Artemisia stirred. The agents of repair finally received answers to their long-held questions about Vas Ramnath and the real goal of his Red Wolf followers. What I don't understand is how you can have felt its shine, heard her home, and turned away from it. You really want to know? Try me. Very simple, Kellogg. I found something greater. If you mean this abyss that holds your chained behemoth, then no, I don't see how that is something greater. For all your wisdom, I have seen many years, and I know more. Vasronath is not some demon or devil thrown into the pit with the rest. Gods fear him, the old and the new. And why shouldn't they? For he is a god, and has been since before your precious Vermeer drew her first breath as the mortal she once was. You're a liar! Do you really think that this is the first time this has happened? Do you really think that if mortals can ascend to godhood, that it hasn't 
happened before? Why does no one remember who the new gods were? Why does no one remember their names? Why does no one remember that a mere 31 years ago, a group of mortals ascended to the high mountain and not one person in all of Elbor remembers who they were? Think. Because of the nature of divinity. And what happened to the old gods before them? There was no gods before the old gods. That's why they're the old gods. They created Elvor. From the ashes of a world that was already here. And then what do you think comes next? A swift march toward oblivion. The reckoning. The new gods grow weary of the problems of a world not made in their own image. And so they begin again. A clean slate. The gods receive their power from us. Without us, their divine power fades. It is why every time the gods must create the world anew. Without us to worship, their power is finite. Omir still has the power to save you. That power is waning, and you know it. It only wanes because she's been betrayed. It wanes because she is dying, as she was meant to, as they all should. That is the Order's purpose. Without the gods, the cycle can be broken. So what is it you intend to do with the outcast? He has given us his own promise. What makes you think this promise has any more merit than these gods you despise so? Because he wishes to destroy them and then destroy himself. Wrought with grief at what he understood to be true, Kellogg hurled Artemisia's cage into the void. <laughs> what am I, Tesla? Um, am I... am I Keeper? Am I some piece of machinery commissioned by some ancient being to carry out some maintenance of hedges? You are Kellogg Gray. You are an agent of repair. You are a friend to me and practically a father to Ulma, a mentor to Flynn. You help people. You are a good person. And you have always been all of those things with every choice and every step you make every day that you wake up. And you will continue to be those things, whatever the world may bring you, because you make choices, because you have a good heart. And sometimes, Sometimes you just need other people to help you see it. So if you need me to stand right here and keep reminding you, then that's exactly what I'll do. Seeker did it for me and I will do it for you. Meanwhile, Flynn and Seeker set about, let's call it strategizing. It doesn't matter what we do. Well, we have to stop the reset. What or if? do the reset Whoa. or clear the world so Vosternos can take it. But I don't really trust the guy. Well, you we know? don't know who wants to reset the world. It could be the new gods, but it could be Artemisia and her people. So it seems like maybe we have to convince the new gods because they're the ones that are more powerful. Hey, like, don't blow the world up. Mm. But then it seems like maybe the old Whoa. gods are still there. Wait, this is good beer. I have a bad idea. Yeah? <laughs> we become the new new gods. Well, see that... <laughs> The party opted to sleep in their new home, rather than in the oppressive emptiness of the void, and the architecture of the house provided conjoined bathrooms between Thessaly and Kellick and Flynn and Seeker. Ulma, naturally, took the master bedroom. This made for some unique encounters when inevitable sleeplessness took over the two more tortured members of the party. Well, it's been a hard day, and I was trying to sleep. I don't want to be alone right now. Oh, oh, um, oh, okay, okay, uh... And I'm just gonna like so awkwardly try to hug Kelly. I'm I'm just a, a plank of wood. <laughs> it, you, um, we can um we can like bring some blankets in here, and you you can uh, you do like a like a we can even drag the mattress in and be like a cot situation. I'll just uh, just blankets would be fine. I, I don't want to you know make a habit. It's not. A, I don't want to impose. No, it's your space. It's you fine. Know, it's fine. Fine. We share a bathroom. It's, I'm sorry I pushed you out earlier. Oh, no, I just I really. I, it seems like you. Needed that. I really wanted to take a bubble bath. Wanted to have what 
you need and what you want. Oh, thanks. So, I, so I, I'll help I you get the you. blankets and we can... No, I, I can get it. I, I just wanted to see you and, and ask. It didn't really talk back much. It kind of said no and like kill and stuff like that. When that stuff happens, you can tell me. Okay. It's, it's kind of a lot, you know, and I know, you know, Gaelic's not very happy with you. No, uh, definitely not. Probably a lot to figure out. So mm-hmm. I, you can you can tell me. I can't do much, but I you know you can tell me. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really planning on trying to sleep tonight. So, um, what, <laughs> what, why, why, why? Well, it sounds really dumb. Are you gonna read your book? No, oh. I had a nightmare. If you wanted, you could get your blankets and you could make a little hmm. like a like a little bivouac right here on the floor. You could sleep uh, like over on that wall, not too close. <laughs> But in their room, if you want. I know it wasn't the best decision, but it was a decision that kept us alive, so. I don't know if it matters. We are here, and you've got to deal with it, so. Yeah, I mean, part of me feels like, hey, we'll figure it out, you know? Um, you asked me if I would do it, and I said, I don't know. It wasn't because I think what you did is wrong. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I would have the strength to, to do it, not knowing what the contract said, man. And, um, yeah. you know, you are... Uh, you sacrificed for us, so at least I can do is uh, try to help. Flynn also tried to soothe his fears with alcohol, but was stopped by a further conversation with Brother Brim. So what have you seen with those uh, eyes so far? Are we good? The types of people who ask themselves that question usually means you're on the right track. It's when you stop asking, when you gotta be worried. I feel like I'm really close to stop asking. <laughs> but only one thing could cure him of the horns on his head. Or should I say, one being. Do you remember? see yourself there, the teenage Flynn, and you run forward towards the creature. You never picked up that sword. You see the creature, a rabid, slobbering mix, this twisted face. It looks wrong. You know what it should be, but it's not. And you see these empty, black, vacuous voids where the eyes should be as it stalks towards its new prey. Its jaws open wide as it lunges towards you. You see yourself close your eyes. He saved you. Victor slams into the side of the creature, the sword buried into its side as it yelps in pain and with a cry dies. You always need saving, right? Yeah. I have no interest in wresting your control away from you, Flynn. I'm here to help in my own way. What do you want in return? I signed something. Oh, yes. You mean this? And you see sort of almost appearing from out of the shadows, written in big script at the top, Nocturnal Pact between Flynn Fellowweave and the Warden of Whispered Secrets, Sovereign of the Umberwastes, and the Lord of Shadehold. What about these horns? What do I need to do to get rid of them? And the horns crumble to ash. What do you want from me? As of now, nothing. I'll support you in whatever way I can. But from time to time, as need arises, I may ask you for something. When he awoke, Flame licked the darkened skies of Sunplume as the city was besieged by a pack of frost giants. Flynn roused the party and they went to work, saving the lives of all they could. The people that have been killed are in pieces, correct? No. Um, they like got, they've been like, they were bit and like savaged, but they're not like torn apart. Okay. Um, you're, you're a combat medic. Yeah. These people are savable. <gasps> no way. Thessaly flew about, carving through wolves with her twin blades. Seeker summoned Blueberry, the mighty dragon, at the cost of his own life force. And Flynn, once again, had some otherworldly assistance. Going for a strike. All right. Um, as you do this, um, 
you sort of you tap your uh, your your fist and you see the tattoos kind of shift and um, you hear a voice. Do I know what that means? Like you see the 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 ink on the arm kind of like shift and start to kind of like reach out towards. Does it seem like if I reach, like, do it, does it feel like it wants me to put my hand towards it? Kinda. I'll pause as I'm about to bring my hand to the sword and I'll hold my hand out to the ogre and I'll just force energy towards it. Yeah. Um, the sort of, the ink on your arm darkens and you see as shadows from the base of the ogre reach up and kind of grab a hold of it. What? As the curse takes hold. What? 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 With the giant raiding party routed and the burning buildings extinguished, the agents of repair couldn't help but notice the side-eye they were getting from someone fighting alongside them, who was rather well-equipped for a common townsperson. I'm Grom, Sunshield, Mayor of Sunplume. Glad we were here to help. Why did you? Well, we're the agents of repair. Kind of what we're here to do. That's why we did it. Wanted in all of Kaldur. And here in my town, coming to my aid when you didn't have to. You see the old man step forward. And he says, um, says, Mayor Sunshield, this man saved my life. Just did. Just um, just helped you off your feet. The other gentleman, the man who still has his hammer Mm -hmm. in his hand, and his daughter's hand the other, steps forward. And ours. Well, interesting thing about the Long Eve. Time of the year where things that are meant to die, die. I think the town of Sunplume saw a group of fugitives die tonight. All I see are citizens of Sunplume. Hey, do you think you can sign this deed? For the first time in their career as heroes, the public may actually recognize them as such. Could Alma have found the home she was searching for in the house of her late mother? What danger does she present to the world as the descendant of a divinely fueled human weapon crafted by the Red Wolf himself? Can Kellogg find his way without the gods? And can Flynn master the demons within in time to face the ones without before he takes a step too far? Find out when we return next time on Venture Forth.